a great time for college football. Big games this weekend. And uh, we're bringing on our guest right now from Yahoo, Pam Maldonado joining us this weekend. As we're in that part now of the season where it's like, boy, every single game is going to change so much. And we know the college football playoff rankings are, are coming out, and it's going to change things significantly. Pam, welcome back to the show. And let's just start with the game I can't wait for the most this weekend, Michigan-Michigan State rivalry game. The game is in East Lansing, Michigan State at home. Michigan, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams uh, within the top eight of the AP ranking. Pam, what do you make of this one? I like Michigan in this spot. I know the line has moved. It's ticked up a bit from two and a half to four and a half. So for that, I think the line is perfect value on both is not enough value for either side. Instead, I'm going to look to the total under 50 and a half is the play for me. Michigan, they are eighth in total defense, ninth in opponent touchdowns allowed. Michigan State is 14th, but Michigan does get the better does get the edge there. And Michigan is fourth in rushing offense. 13th in converting on third downs and 12th in time of possession. Tell me that the Wolverines are not just going to run the clock down. They're going to come into this rushing the ball, rushing the ball, rushing the ball. And the storyline is going to be that the Spartans Heisman contender Kenneth Walker III. But I think that the true star of this game is going to be the Wolverines running backs. You have two of them to now defend on, and it's Blake Corum and Hassan Hoskins. And the Michigan defense, they have the edge. I do, it's warranted that the line has ticked up. I like Michigan, not sure if they can cover. I love them to win, but I like more the under 50 and a half. Run the ball down from both teams. All right, under 50 and a half there. Uh, Nobody thought we were going to be here undefeated at this juncture <laughs> in the season. Um, yesterday we had Sam Panianovich on, and he was making his case for Oklahoma. Uh, my problem is it's Oklahoma, and it's a big number. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I hate this team, and I have a future on them to win the championship. <laughs> I can't stand it. I, I, Pam, I just want them to lose. Just get it over with because I know yeah. you guys are going to lose at some point. Or am I wrong uh, with Caleb Williams? Uh, Caleb there, he's uh, taking it from the running back. He's making all sorts of plays. That was amazing to watch. Uh, do you think Oklahoma's going to run the table? We've got Texas Tech this week, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. few ranked teams in there. A loss is coming for Oklahoma Sooners. They have been teetering with a loss the entire season. This is the most fraudulent 8-0 team that you're going to see. Okay. You have the Sooners, who is outgained by Kansas, by far one of the worst teams in all of college football, not just this season, but over the years past. They were outgained 412 to 398 yards, more passing plays, more rushing plays, more first downs, and they, <laughs> they Oklahoma should have lost. My <laughs> gosh, what a horrendous game. I thought Caleb Williams, the quarterback, was going to come in and change things, and he was looking really good there. But then last week, kind of laid a dud, so we're kind of seeing Oklahoma for what they really are. And fine if they make it to into the playoffs, they're going to end up getting throttled by every good team that they face. It's happened every season. It's going to happen now. I expect a loss to, to be coming. Mm-hmm. Baylor is a really good surprise team this season. Iowa State, they're get, they're having to travel to Iowa State, so that's going to be a ruckus. And Oklahoma State is still a good a great run team. So I think a loss is on the table. I'm hoping a loss is on the table. Is it because you're mad I about the Texas game? You're still mad about Texas? I, <laughs> you know what? Texas has no idea how to hold on to leads. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's predictive play calling in the end. Caleb Williams was a surprise in that game, so I'm not going to fault him too much for that. But had Spencer Rattler stayed in, Texas 100% would have won. 
joining us here at Yahoo Sports, talking some college football for this weekend. Pam, uh, I'm going to throw a game at you with a lot of line movement, high-profile game, Penn State, Ohio State. The opening line was about 15. I saw it move to 18 this morning. I'm seeing on FanDuel at 18 and a half. So the numbers jump. Penn State coming off the nine overtimes, the loss to Illinois, the quarterback situation with injuries. James Franklin, I'm not even sure he knows what game they're playing this weekend because his head is probably at USC or trying to get that job. What do you make of this game? Uh, obviously, Ohio State's turned their season around. But a couple weeks ago, Penn State was, you know, a top five team in the country. And now all of a sudden, that line is moving the other way, 18 and a half. Penn State, Ohio State, what are you thinking here? I believe that Ohio State is going to come in and just, like, destroy <laughs> destroy things up. I mean, Ohio State, they, as you said, that they have turned this team around. And if you look at the quarterback, my God, C.J. Stroud, he is in the Heisman contention. And for a really good reason, no Heisman contender has ever won that's missed a game. Well, Stroud has. But he's really good. <laughs> and he's really fun to watch. He has 67% completion, 22 touchdowns to just three interceptions. They have so many offensive key cog weapons here. You have Trevayon Henderson. He has nearly 700 yards on the season. You have Garrett Wilson, who is a great wide receiver. He is averaging, every wide receiver on this team is averaging 16 plus receiving yards as they're long, um, 57 long, 42 long, 61 long. This is a really potent Ohio State offense, and they really gelled together. And Penn State lost to Illinois, one of the bottom 10 teams in total offense. Couldn't get it done in a nine overtimes. If they play like that this week, minus 17 and a half, it is warranted. I like Ohio State to absolutely roll over Penn State here. Nittany Lions, they're done for the season. Pack <laughs> it up. Yeah, that was one with the terrible overtime rule going back and forth. It just, they, the game just would not end. I guess we have to stay in the Big Ten. All, all these great matchups this weekend. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin. Well, I hope you like rock fights if you're going to be watching this one because that's what, that's what it's going to be. Badgers favored by three and a half, and it's the lowest total of the season at 36 and a mm -hmm. half. What do you think? Uh, it's low for a reason. You have two run first teams who are really good at defending the run. The problem. Problem is Wisconsin is bottom five for turnovers. That is the only way that this number can go over is if Iowa does what Iowa does, and that is take the ball away through interceptions. Graham Mertz is one of the worst quarterbacks for throwing interceptions. You're a run first team, and you have more interceptions than most quarterbacks in all of college football. It's one of the most mind-boggling things, but of course, the thing to look out for is if Iowa is going to have their key defensive player who is responsible for all of those takeaways. Um, and what is his name? I Forgive me for this one. Okay, Riley Moss. He was he missed the game last week against Purdue, and that really came into play. Is he going to be playing this week? I believe he was still on the injury report. He should be playing from what I've seen, um, but nothing official yet. I would look. If he is in this game, I love Iowa. I like the under. It should stay under, but Graham Mertz, turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, Iowa is number is top five in the country for takeaways. If they get some of those turnovers into touchdowns, that's how this number can go over. Read on number one Georgia against Florida this week. Um, you know, 14 and a half is the number I'm seeing right now. Feels like just the, the national talking points on Georgia, they're kind of boring, right? They just stop everyone. They don't allow points. Everyone's kind of just waiting to see who they'll play in the playoff. And then we'll kind of dive back into the excitement of the Georgia team. But boy, that team's really, really good. And they shut down everyone. 14 and a half points against Florida. Florida was a team that was kind of exciting early on. They've fallen back. What do you make of the game? 
Maybe it's a contrarian pick, but I like the over right now, which is at 50 and a half. The number has ticked down, which gives me more value for taking the over. This Gators defense, they're vulnerable. They gave up 31 points to Alabama, 450 yards of offense, and 49 points to LSU. Seven yards per carry. Georgia, they finally show that this defense is penetrable. The entire season, teams have been making it downfield. They were just not converting those red zone trips into points. Finally, Kentucky was able to do that. And Florida is top 10 in touchdown scored. So I, I think we see points in this game. Over 51, it's ticked up from what a typical Georgia line typically is, which is what in low, low 40s. But now you have a really great red zone offense in Florida who can make trips downfield. Um, and I think Anthony Richardson, he's going to be the one to watch, the player to watch here. He was the backup quarterback for Florida. He is now getting – he'll be splitting reps um, at first at QB1, but we haven't seen him much this year. But he's he has level of excitement for many backup over 10 and a half yards per pass. Mm -hmm. He has a deep ball threat. He has 400 rushing yards, three ground scores. He could be the playmaker here for Florida. Now I'm not saying they're going to get the outright win, but I definitely think points are going to be scored here over 51, over 50. And I know you're a fan of Richardson. Uh, early in the year, you were talking about a, a super long shot if he got the opportunity uh, for the Heisman. Earlier, you mentioned Stroud. He's, he's, he's in the Heisman race all of a sudden like he was early in the year. And, uh, of course, Kenneth Walker, that, that would be a big game for him to come through. I, I see uh, during the Oklahoma game on Saturday, a lot of college writers are like, that's a Heisman moment. That's Well, he's still 50 to 1. I yeah, He's got a long way to go. Uh, how do you view the, the race overall? Is, is it wide open right now? It's, it is still wide open. I do believe that Bijan Robinson, the running back for Texas, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Longhorn, Horns, <laughs> but I absolutely love um, what Bijan Robinson does. If you talk about every commentator that has ever talked about any game for Texas, every single game, every single move, every single play that Robinson makes, they're referencing him to, you know, old running backs in the past, old Heisman winners, Ricky Williams, Randy Moss. They're talking about all of these big names. Um, he is just a stud and he makes it fun and he is exciting and he has more numbers. I like him over Kenneth Walker because he's also a receiving back and there's not a, and uh, Michigan state. They're only utilizing Kenneth Walker right now as a running back. So now you have receiving yards tied in. He is a playmaker. He, the way he jukes, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. I still think he has, he's one of the longer shots, but I think in a season where the quarterbacks, they aren't impressing Compared to years before, right. this is an opportunity for a running back to come in and take it. I, well, I have I have a ticket on on Robinson, so I'm hoping you're right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm a, he's a great player, and I, I think he's got a chance to at least get himself invited to the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony there. How about Kenny Pickett? He's kind of become the out of nowhere story from Pitt. They're six and one, number seventeen in the country. They beat Clemson last week, which I guess isn't that big of a deal because Clemson's not very good this year. But Kenny Pickett's name is like it's out there now, right? NFL draft, like it's it's getting talked about. Do you think this is going to continue? Are you buying into what Kenny Pickett's doing? Because he was basically an average quarterback, Pam, before this season. And now he's just he's exploded as one of the best quarterbacks in college football. 
No, I am not buying into the Kenny Pickett hype. If you want to be a Heisman, you have to be playing some really damn good teams, and Pittsburgh is not. They're playing Clemson, which we know is now a nobody, a no-one team in college football. You played Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. You lost to a MAC team. No offense to the MAC. I love the MAC, but you shouldn't be losing as that, allowing 41 points. Yeah, you threw up all the numbers, but you're playing also teams that are ranked 70th or worst in all of college football. No competition. You play. You put up numbers against UMass. Great for you. You should be putting up great numbers against UMass. This is not a team overhype. It's not going to happen. Their level of ske- their schedule of difficulty is just not there for me to warrant a Heisman contender. He looks great. I want to see him play against actually good defenses. Uh, Pam, any other games that you love that we have not hit on? Or uh, I know you've been uh, busy with uh, some dog parlays that you've been uh Betting on the money line, I know you always write a, a story on Yahoo about some of the dogs you like straight up too. Anything you want to hit? There is one underdog that I like for this weekend um, so far that I have already placed. It's Mississippi State plus 100 on the money line. The line right for this is at one. Um, it could be creeping back up to Kentucky one and a half, but I like Mississippi State outright. The Wildcats, they're a one-dimensional run team, and the Bulldogs' defensive strength is against the run. They are top 10 and even though they have one opponent in common, if you look at it, they both played LSU. Mississippi State held the Tigers to less first downs, less total yards, less total offensive points, um, time of possession. And why the Bulldogs lost that game was because they missed a field goal and they had a fumble that turned into interceptions. This has to be an absolute clean game for Mississippi State in order to come out with that win. And Kentucky, they're not doing any better, honestly, on turnover ratio. They're minus eight in turnover ratio. So I'll give the defensive edge to the Bulldogs playing at home. And Kentucky, they're still licking their wounds from that Georgia game. It was really defensive. It's a really hard-fought battle to play a team like Georgia and then to go into an, uh, a break, to go into a bye, and then come out of this traveling on the road. I love Mississippi State at home, plus 100 on the money line. Pam, um, you know, obviously Georgia is the best team right now. There's no question. And, and I think it, as this plays out this way, they're going to find their way into the playoff without a question. After that, though, I mean, you already said you think Oklahoma's going to lose. So, how do you think this plays out? Do you see any value on, on, on some of these teams? Because four teams have to make the playoff. And right now it's hard to figure out who that's going to be. Georgia, Alabama probably will find their way there. Cincinnati, if they keep winning. That fourth spot, though, Oklahoma 20 to 1 to win the whole thing. Michigan 50 to 1. Pittsburgh 60 to 1. Do you see any value, about 30 seconds or so, on someone else national title just because four teams have to make this playoff? Ohio State's sitting out of the top four right now. You have Georgia ranked number one, rightfully so. Cincinnati, I don't believe they belong there. Their schedule is too easy. 2020 Cincinnati, better than 2021 version. Oklahoma should end up losing. Ohio State, I think, is would be the only team that I would put a long shot on right now. Not a long shot, but some of the longer odds. Um CJ Stroud, this company, this team, this offense is doing it and they're gelling. They are gelling at the right time. Yeah, they have that loss underneath their belt, but put them into the playoff. I like them to contend against this Georgia defense. Honestly, um, Alabama, they're still always going to be a threat because you still have Nick Saban. But right now, if there was one team that I had to bet on, it would be Ohio State sitting out of the top four, can still make a playoff run and I think can contend for the title. Great stuff. Pam Maldonado of Yahoo. Pam, thank you for hopping on. That was Pam Maldonado on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. On the other side, let's dive into what will be a big night in the NBA. Some really good matchups. We'll talk through those. Joel, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook.